Welcome to the podcast. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. This is the Circle of Jerks podcast with your host, per usual, Justin Parsley. Today in uh, the studio basement of sorts, I, uh, I'm sitting here with my good friend of, let's see, it's been at least 15 years. Probably over that, but... Um, very close to that, very close to that. Josh Wooten. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I hope you feel welcome now by Wooten and myself. It's been a great Memorial Day, I think. You had a good Memorial Day? I had a great Memorial Day. What happened on your Memorial Day? I worked. But <laughs> that sounds, that, first of all, um, that sounds terrible. No, it was, um, actually, this whole month of May has been real good. You know, we had the 500 yesterday. Great win uh, for Takama Sato. That's, congratulations, first Japanese person to ever win. Bless you on Korea. the sneeze, by the way. Was Thank that a you. sneeze? Almost. Is that what you it sounded like? <laughs> it sounded like a it sneeze. <laughs> Gazunai. I didn't say you right. Kumasada. <laughs> but no, no, I, I'm huge 500 fan, so, you know. I'm hungry. All the drivers got the race in. We're safe. No one really got injured too bad. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, Um. well, how would you even have that information, you know? I mean, you're, you're sitting here telling us that everyone's fine. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and what you do these days? Well, I'm a um, 29-year-old Virgo. Like long walks on the beach, short walks in the bedroom. <laughs> Thank you, ladies um, and gentlemen. You know, depends on how you play. Gender it, equality. Yeah, gender, equality. gender equality. Gender equality. Gender you equality. can't even ask it anymore. You can't. You know, it's, it's 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 gold standard anymore, <laughs> or silver, depending on what company you work for. But no, I'm a 29-year-old. Uh, I work. For Care Ambulance out of Indianapolis. I'm an EMT. Um, I got a little girl. Um, been kind of floating around this state for the last 29 years. So, you know. Yeah, excellent. EMT saving lives. You're like Superman, but with like minimum wage. That far. Like <laughs> a minimum wage Superman. A <laughs> dollar an hour Superman. You know. No. I might have to bleep that out. I don't know if we can... Can we disclose wages? Are you comfortable with that? I'm fine with that. <laughs> $10 an hour EMT, Josh Wooten in my fucking basement. Fuck you, bitches. All right, Josh. Um, working Memorial Day. Where did you work at today? Did you work up in uh, Indy? Uh, yeah, I was on the streets. You were on the streets in Indy? Yeah. Is that like double time, working Memorial Day? Eight hours of it is. Our company gives like so many holidays, whether you work or not, you get paid for eight hours. So they think that like so if I work today, our countrymen serving overseas and fucking dying for their freedom is... <laughs> Is reason enough to pay you for eight hours of it, and then the other it's two more, or four? It's more of a uh, like a you know a um, employee appreciation, you know, because on those holidays that we have to work, we're never really busy. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Our employee appreciation out at Pilkington is um, a blowjob under the boss's desk, but we're always giving. It's 
It's really, it's a really fucked up. It's never, a backed up. Never me, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a backward system. It's a backdoor system. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, if you're lucky, yeah, they'll even lube it up. You know what? Sometimes with the face herpes, you know that that helps with the backdoor system. I've seen face herpes. I had two. I've, I've seen face herpes, and they are nothing to brag about. They, uh, memories. <laughs> there's not. There's not enough <laughs> memories. Like the corner of my mind. <laughs> There's not enough Blistex in the world. Maybe we can get a sponsorship out of Blistex for this. Blistex. We just keep talking about mouth and face herpes. Well, you know. Blistex, please give us a sponsorship. You know, I'm honest. I'm, if we're looking for sponsors, why not, you know, go ahead and Schneider's of Hanover pretzels. You know, the, the delicious taste of a pretzel during a pilk. Hear that crunch freshness with everybody. But All I'm you know looking what? for is salt with everybody. You can only eat so many of these before your mouth gets dry. Mm-hmm. You know what else we need? Hmm. We need DC Yingling and Sons finest Yingling light lager. It's a refreshing, cold taste that just you know what? I'm gonna do it right now. Only ninety nine calories. Right there. That was like twenty two. It's like a, it's like literally <laughs> drinking a Pepsi. <sighs> you hear that heavy breath? Delicious. Nutritious. <laughs> this deliciousness, folks. All right, Josh, so what else is going on in life? You're an EMT. You're a father. Fantastic father, by the way. I appreciate that. Very hands-on you father. Are, I see it on social media. You are as well. You have handsome son that is literally going to break every heart of every woman in this town. Well, I thank you for that, and kinda I, like hope, I kind of hope you're right. It follows in what? his father's footsteps. <laughs> I don't, my, I don't want my son a, to be a piece of shit. I love, I, you know, honestly, I, I haven't got a chance to talk to you about this yet. Your Easter uh, performance with uh, your daughter graduating. Yeah. That was great. I, you know, when they're like, will you marry me? And I know. And you're like, that's too soon. Too soon. <laughs> like, what are we trying yeah, to get I in was, a church? Right. I know. And, you know. I get it, dude, before. What about saving until marriage? Yeah, you got to do it before God, but this is a little early. Like, I did not send her to some fucking backwards... What like what is that like an Indian like a Middle Eastern camp? <laughs> yeah, where I, where I said go go marry my fucking five year old daughter off. It's not a prearranged to... marriage. We're not in the Middle East. We're in America. Thank you. That's all I asked for. Is a little bit of fucking freedom. Exactly. My daughter deserves better standards than some church boy. Or I don't know. No no no. That's altar boy, but that's Catholic. We're good. She deserves an altar boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so um. So the church performance, yeah. Your daughter, your daughter's getting ready to turn two. Yep, she turns two it's, in literally like four weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's I just a got that invitation. Very exciting. I'm not quite sure how to feel yet. Is she going through the terrible two stages right now? You ever experienced those? Well, it's. I help raise my niece and nephews, and a lot of them from birth. Um, I think Anna I met when she was two. Johnny was four months, and then luckily a year later, AJ came along, and. Um, kind of difficult for me to know what the terrible twos are because every kid's different. Sure. But, you know, she does when, you know, mom, no, go, daddy, no, she gets this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah, when daddy says no to his little girl, something's wrong. Well, you're right. But, you know, when it's also 11 o'clock at night and both parents have to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get ready to go to work. Yeah. And I got a little girl just like this. Da 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 da, twisting her head, looking at you in every eye. 
you know, blown. It's just twist her head back and forth. It's not like The Exorcist. Yeah, not, not yet. Not, not spinning her. Not head. yet, because he will get to the terrible yeah, twos. <laughs> <That> does ha- <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, and she, you know, it's it's difficult with the little girl because you know, you try and be that strong figure in her life where you know you want to be the protector, but then you know, that gentle kiss on the cheek just melts you like. Like butter. Like butter. Butter. Like butter. Like a big bowl of butter. Butter. Speaking of sponsorships and butter. No, we don't have any butter down here. I think these are butter snaps if that counts. Land of Lakes butter. <laughs> Spreading it on every bite of these Snyder fucking pretzels. <laughs> I can actually hear you getting fatter. Me too. I can have myself breathing even harder. <laughs> Folks, I promise you, if you can hear me breathing, I'm fine. This is normal. It's called being fat. Every Sounds day. like he was jumping rope in an attic. He was actually just peeling an orange. So I'm going to go ahead. help me there. It was, a, it was a payday. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Less effort. Salty going caramel. <laughs> like getting your blowjob from Mexican. Salty caramel. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your uh, your love life, how's that going? Well, I've been with the same girl, roughly almost nine years, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like I said, we have one kid together, a beautiful little girl that is completely wrapped around our fingers and controls our life. She is adorable too. If you want to check her out, um, I think you should go ahead and just give out your Snapchat to these people that I are listening. I believe it's Wooten, W O O T E N eight seven O six. I'll that is Wooten, W-O-O-T-E-N, 8706. Check her out. Nevaeh is, she's a gorgeous, angelic child. Go on, go on with. But, um, you know, I think with every couple relationships, we've, you know, had our ups and downs. But other than that, I mean, you know, we seem to find that road that takes us back to where we need to be. And, you know, I'm very happy with her. She's, she's perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's important to be happy in your relationship. I think that a lot of um, stress and I think I think a lot of good and bad both ways uh, things or the events that happen in your life can be triggered by what you're dealing with in, in your love life. I think that's in a very important part of how you react to every other situation surrounding that. I think finding love and finding happiness and that aspect and that retrospect, uh, that version of it is is highly important to the human race. I think that it's, it's completely necessary. Well, you know, it's, it's difficult growing up, you know, you think about it back then it was, the divorce rate was extremely low back in the, when our parents were younger. Sure. Now anymore, you know, I hate to say it. There's a lot of, uh, side action going on and, you know, there's a lot of, trust issues between relationships and stuff and I believe that um, you know these guys that are wanting to do like a Netflix and chill and want to just you know hang out at the girl's house I'm fine with that but don't let it be just about you know a sexual interaction you know there's more to girls than just sex there absolutely is you know whatever and you know it kills me not a lot more, but they're. No, I'm just. I kidding. mean, besides I'm these younger, kidding. besides these younger kids, I mean, they're getting a little guidance from their parents on dating. Mm-hmm. But whatever happened to taking her out, putt putting, go karting, 
to a movie, you know. And honestly, I remember quite a few times a bunch of us in high school went together mm-hmm. and did things. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. There was an interaction for everybody, and well, we knew everybody except for that fifth wheel. Chivalry is dead, Benji. I believe. Benji's always our fifth wheel. Yeah, but he always uh, he he had Jill. So if you if you take your hand, <laughs> if you take your left hand and face your palm towards your face, and you, then you spell out the J with the index finger into the thumb, I for the middle finger, and lowercase LL for the ring and pinky. Benji was always dating her. All throughout high school, he was completely dedicated to her. Didn't even he didn't you know, even you know, his right hand was named Rosie Palm and her five sisters. Yeah. <laughs> He didn't that, even, that's when he wanted strangers. He didn't. But he would sit on it first. Yeah. He would gotta, sit gotta, on it so it went to you sleep. You gotta numb it. It went numb. You gotta numb it. He would pop like a Vicodin, like a fucking 10 milligram Vicodin. So he was like kind of out of it. And then he would jerk off and then claim rape. It was the most, it was the most confusing thing. Memories. <laughs> that may or may not be made up. But I can't really talk about that right there's, now. Yeah, there's, there's a, yeah. There are plenty of real Benji stories. That we could fill in the blanks with here. Fill in the, the awkward silences. Do we have enough time? No, we don't have enough time. I don't have enough space on my hard drive. But there are a lot of Benji stories. Benji would be incredible on this podcast. If he would open up and actually talk about how things that happened in the past and how events that happened in the past made him really feel and not try to mask him his feelings or himself. I was sexually assaulted by Justin and everybody for all the gay shit I used to do in high school. Yeah, see, if we go that route, we'll be I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm looking at like 20 to 30, at least serving half. I just don't have that kind of time. I got to watch my daughter graduate high school, so. <laughs> I'm just in here. I guess Benji just won't be on the podcast. <laughs> Not that we don't like you, Benji. You no. can come on the podcast. You can tell the truth. Uh-oh, we almost had a party foul. Nope. It like was like magnetically stuck to my thing. How strong is this bulb? <laughs> you know, okay. nothing tastes great with pretzels except for a cool, cold, refreshing yingling beer. I like how you harmonize my deep voice. I went real deep with it and you were up here. It's, Usually that. it's the other way around. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think you guys know this not. It's it's every other week. Mr. Wu oh, himself shit. will be making his re- reappearance at Kendall's Bar and Tavern Grill. Kendall's <laughs> bar. It will they be grill the biscuits June. and gravy. Well, they do have a grill back there. I, I know they do. That's You're right. You're right. It's fantastic. Food, camaraderie. Melvin. Melvin. <laughs> that Melvin. Should, that should sell you on the fucking joint. Yeah, I think Kendall's is going to start sponsoring us. I think so. Kendall's be... bar and grill. <laughs> we'll be back the June eighth for some. Wonderful karaoke sung by yours truly, Chris Farley, and Conway Twitty. <laughs> is Chris Farley the new, the new stage name? Is that what you're going with? You're going to be Tommy Callahan? Wait. I can't believe you haven't thought of that. Well, you know, I was trying to go. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuning into the podcast right now, if you've made it this far, first off, kudos to you. Second off, right now is the time that I want to ask Mr. Wooten, my guest here, to step up and give us his Chris Farley impression. I think it's <clears throat> incredible. I want you to have a little taste of it for yourself. <clears throat> um, uh, uh. Okay, sorry. Check, check. Mic on. Okay, we're good. 
As you will expect it, my name is Matt Foley. And I live in a van down by the river. <laughs> I think that's incredible. I think you got it spot on. Well, you know, I also do a, um, if you guys are, oh, I don't know. A lot of the people that listen to this podcast are probably young enough to remember when Farley was on SNL. And he had the greatest skit of all. He was with Bill Swarski, his super fans. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you always got to get the, well, you know there, Bob. Um, uh, you know, I. this is my 13th heart attack this week. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm good for number 13. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, you know, I got a question for you there, Bob. Um, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I got a pretty good team. It's from the le- uh, starts from a Midwestern city, from a Midwestern state. Starts with a C, ends with an O. In the middle is Hickok. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Dog bears. Dog bears. <laughs> Barley guys, was a god. He was an SNL god. Did you guys order the beers or the wings? Dog beers. <laughs> and dog wings. What, what about when the bulls were a thing? Do you remember when the bulls were actually really decent? You know, and they would have the reversible hats. You know, back then. We had a uh, dance. I don't know if you remember it or not. It was called the Bulls. So you stood up in a hula skirt, and you're like, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls. <laughs> I want you to do the entire podcast like this now. I want to talk to Chris Farley. Maybe that will get me more hits. I'm just saying and that. start tagging Chris. <laughs> what are you doing? I was checking the, uh, the rotors up there and uh, the specs, and uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I don't know why you refrain from saying retarded. Oh. I guess uh, that's probably not. I didn't sign that form. Can I have your, your Herbie Hancock right here? <laughs> sure, we drank a lot of beers. Sure, we did a lot of drugs. <laughs> but we still had fun. <laughs> it's good shit. I have, like, I can do, like, two impressions. I can do, like, Scooby-Doo and Kermit the Frog. All I have is fucking cartoons. No, let, let's, hear, let's hear the Kermit. You want to hear the Kermit the Frog? Kermit the Frog here. That's not even me. That's not even me. That was impressive. Okay. Someday we'll find it. The rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. Alright, that's it. Great. That's it. We're done. We're shutting down the impressions. Okay, so. I do a pretty good shaggy. Yeah? Like Zoink Shaggy, or it wasn't me. Like, <laughs> saw me banging back on in high school, show. yeah, or back in college. Oh, yeah, no, now, no, now, no, now, now, current, yeah, the, the, the current cartoon, yeah. <clears throat> like Zoink Scoob, we gotta go. Whoa, Raggy, let's get out of here. <laughs> we're gonna get hired we're off of this fucking podcast alone. They're gonna be Hanna Barbera. Are they still around? I don't know. <laughs> They're gonna be calling us and like, "Hey, Wooten Parsley, hey, uh, you guys, uh, you got, <laughs> you're hired, you're hired." Right. So, what about that? Uh, the fantasy football season that we we just had this past this past year. It was your first time playing fantasy football with the Punalingus Football League, correct? So yeah, it's, yeah, it's been. We should do the uh, the backyard version. You print off all the list, and we do it. Yeah, yeah. High we, school. And when I went to college, I got into a few leagues. I'm about average middle. And then I stopped watching it because... Oh, that showed. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to talk about well, your second round pick. We're going to definitely talk about your second round pick this past season. 
I think it's important and it needs noting because the man is now retired. I think he's a great running back. I do. He was a lot better in 2011. He's, he's but my third. Third? Yeah. I thought that was a second round pick. No, I think I went Martellus Bennett in the second round, which you really? would safe move. And I picked Adrian Foster in the third round. Mm. I believe I could check. Actually, I believe my phone is off. I forgot that, folks. I think Foster was second, but he could have been third. He may have been. I think if you say that he was second. I remember he was in the, I know within the first three rounds because you were like, wow, that's a bold move. Well, who was your was, first round pick? You went Peterson, uh, AP? I went AP because your brother AP. made the comment. He's like under his breath as he drank his beer. Yingling beer at that. Motherfucker. Yeah, but the, <laughs> did any of this pan out for the football season for you? Go ahead and tell, you know, the, actually, tell the listeners. It was actually decent the first five weeks. I was I got up to sixth. It was my highest ranking. Because I started knocking off big time names. I knocked off. I remember uh, you were Zane. you were the king of Yeah, you Zane. were I knocked him off twice. Like your football team would not show up on the weeks that you you needed, needed him. It. Yeah, every single week. I lose by but five then, or ten points. And then, then you would Zane these would come undefeated. In yeah, yeah. And destroy him. And it was like this. Wooten with the what the And you seemed real and then like you'd be you'd be hot two I weeks. I went on a three weeks. Then, yeah. Winning. Okay. A three week win streak, and then Wall Street. <laughs> I had like a. I think I flatline. Actually, they only predicted me at two and twelve, and ended up finishing four and ten. So That's I ended not, up winning four, but you know, it's not bad. It's not good. You can. Well, I also picked what I thought was a lot of great players that never ever saw the field. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong. I kind of went off. You know, I didn't do my studying like I thought um, I needed to. But you haven't played for a while, like you said. Five years. Yeah. Well, so. I kind of – a lot of the NFL teams kind of got me off guard when it came to uh, Edron James back when we were in school. You know, who? if you're being paid $32 million to run a ball, I understand. You're black. You're considered <laughs> – you know very well. I got, I got wide-eyed. I don't know. I don't know what's happening anywhere on this. in the NFL is black. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, you know. That was, one running back was Peyton Hillis. Yeah, go right. on. So, you have literally – the best of the best. Yeah. I get it. But for 32 million bucks, give me the ball. I'll run it. Fuck, dude. Give me $5 million a year? Give me a million. <laughs> give me a give million. Give me 960 and I'll be on the practice squad and I'll play like Rudy. Good movie reference, though. Brought to you by Paramount. Give me the minimum. What's the minimum? Like 520? No, I'm playing Madden. 7 it's... 7 something, I think it Fuck, is. Fuck, give me that and I'll fucking. I'll take, I'll take the ball. Well, I will... But there's a lot of plays I respect for. You know, Manning. Not just for what he did for Indy. Hospitals. Sure. Cancer, you know, stuff he's done. Jeff Saturday. Um, let's see. There's Actually, there's one NFL player I think he plays for the Lions. He is in his fifth year. He's getting paid about $30 million for a five-year deal. Him and his wife live off a $60,000 budget a year. Really? So they don't go bankrupt. Who is that? Oh, I can't remember. He's a wide receiver. I know that. Wide receiver. But um, what, what made it so great about it was that he goes, you know, these guys are buying Bugattis and Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff, you know, and they're going broke. Yeah. You know, unless you become, you know, the GOAT, which there's only one GOAT in this world. As of right now, there is. In football. Yeah. You, there's GOATs for every. League. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know. Who would have thought a six-round Brady from Michigan? Not me. Would have broken just about every record. I watched him. He's, he's the first five-time, isn't he? Yeah. 
So well, five time with the same team. There is another. There's a linebacker that played for two different teams and won five Super Bowl rings between them. But still, but, I mean, yeah, one more, and I'm sure, unfortunately, for most Colts fans that are listening, and except that that one Tom Brady and New England Patriot fan Zach Locke that's sitting on the other end of the earbuds right now, who they they don't want to see Brady do it. They put an asterisk next to everything that he does because they think he's a cheater and so on and so forth. He only cheats so much. The well, man is. Don't get me wrong, and I I do believe. Deflate gate really hurt him. That's where he loses a lot of respect from me. But the fact that he knew what was going on or had some idea of what was going on with Billichick. Oh, sorry, Billichick for all things. But Spygate was rough then, too. Right. But Everyone was affected you still by gotta, Spygate. You still got to give, you know, you give him enough credit and then it's just, it's one of those, like, it's, it's, it's a sore that just won't ever go away. And I mean, sure, when it comes to Hall of Fame time, he'll get it. He'll get a first round mm-hmm. automatically. But there's still going to be a lot of people speculating. Why would you put a cheater? You know, why is Pete Rose still not? <clears throat> Which um, I think is a travesty to baseball. Exactly. But you know, I think it's time to go ahead and lift that ban and let's get For Pete sure. Rose in the Hall of Fame. Of course, where he belongs. Yeah. Hashtag get Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Justice for Pete Rose. <laughs> Free Pete Rose. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way it works. Like Wheezy, Pete Rose didn't. Now Wheezy, Wheezy got shot like nine times and still survived. I don't know. I believe how. that's pity that you're talking about. No, no, I think he got shot too. <laughs> every every black rapper is getting shot. They need to drive in better neighborhoods. Quit going back to your roots. <laughs> Never a good idea. You got out of it. Don't go back to it. <laughs> I'll give a shout out to my boy Ice Cube. East Compton. Stay hard, player. Stay hard. Now residing in North Hollywood, making movies. Making movies. <laughs> Playing it safe. Ice tea. It's lemonade. Read the sign. Delicious. <laughs> who is who is he? He was fucking some famous chick. Coco. Coco. Yeah. Big tip one. Bit, yep. Yep. Seen That's her. her. Seen her at the Flavor Flav concert. Flavor play. <laughs> you know his clock's already right two times a day. <laughs> it's like a dad joke. I, I, I'm not, <laughs> and I appreciate the fuck you, out of it. I appreciate you. the fuck out of him. Like he kills me. I'm sitting there like, hmm. Okay. Another refreshing beer opened up. <laughs> Alright, sorry to interrupt. Go on. No, but you know... It just amazes me that some black guy with gold teeth doesn't know how to speak English. I think it's a, what they call Ebonics. <laughs> and then I think they call it, yeah, hooked on Ebonics. Hooked on, yeah. hooked on Ebonics was yeah, that's right, because it came in the mill when I lived in South Georgia. You're right. It came in when every white person moved in, you had to learn Ebonics. I remember that now. That's right, cuz. Still got it. But like <laughs> barely. It's by a thread. I just don't get, like, you know, people are like, you know, he was the coolest person in the whole world. He never made it to MTV. He made it off BH1. Flavor, flavor of love. Is that? <laughs> That's true. What about music videos, though? Yeah. Did he get I mean, he was on? popular back in the late 80s and 90s. Yeah. But, I mean, early 90s. But, I mean, Some of that, sh- that shit's before my time. Because Eminem turned me on to rap. and 
a retarded black man wearing a Viking <laughs> helmet. <laughs> Making millions. A retarded black man. Oh, I just wish you would have just taken that one step further almost. <laughs> but just don't. Don't, because it's too late. In the moment, though, I I mean, retarded just... I You're right. It. Old I, teeth having. Oh, you you mean the retarded part. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I, I wrote the short so you, you live... <laughs> You lived in South Georgia. When did you live down there? Um, between the ages of five and eleven, and I did a short stint in uh, Kissimmee, Florida. Um, my dad was in the uh, army. He was down there in Fort Benning, so grew up uh, a lot of my younger youth down there. And now your parents—they're still together, right? Well, is it complicated? If they were a Facebook relationship. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, they're they're living together. They're they're talking. They're. It seems like it. Mom and dad are back, but I don't know. There's just some days I'm just kind of like, you know, what's going on? But you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's strange. Because like growing up, like around you and hanging out with you, I never even saw your dad. I never met your dad. You know. Technically. Yeah. Like formally, I've never met your. If father, you had but... met my dad when I was younger, you would have been like, "What the fuck." <laughs> used to be fit and intimidating and now you're that happens to the best of our dads diabetic <clears throat> no no offense jimmy no no offense jimmy. <laughs> no parsley stands for prince <laughs> prime minister whatever your son said in the bathroom that night when you were drunk <laughs> lies my <laughs> liver still hurts from that night He's a hell of a drinker. Parsley says Patron stands for parsley, which parsley stands for pussy. <laughs> Let's go to the bar, boys. <laughs> Wanted to kill you so bad that night. Cause I, I, you promised. Don't say anything. Keep Jimmy quiet. All right. Ten, you had four drinks, and you're like, let's go. Come on. I got to go. I got to go to work. Wooten said Patron is for pussies, and he says pussies are parsleys. You gotta use that P to your advantage. You got to sometimes. Okay, so back to the South Georgia story. Um, when you were living down there, did you ever visit the IKEA? <laughs> no. No? Are you not a fan of IKEA? Have you no. ever been to an IKEA? See. The only IKEA I've been to was down in Atlanta. I don't know what the fuck I was doing there. I was um, helping a buddy move to Tennessee, and somehow helping him look for a house or move to Tennessee turned into let's take a trip down to IKEA in Atlanta, Georgia, and. These were heavy drug usage days, so I agreed. <laughs> and I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember Ikea is a beautiful fucking store, and I cannot wait for our one in Fishers. Go. Well, there's an Ikea, actually, in Southport. Right there next to the Target. We don't have an Ikea here yet. I so. I don't think we do. I believe so. <laughs> I don't think it's Ikea. I mean, so. <laughs> it's like Value City Furniture. no. I almost believe you. I work a lot in uh, the Greenwood Southport area. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure tomorrow I'll be down that way. I'm more than happy to snap you a photo. I'm, I'm looking it up right now as we speak. As you go ahead and carry this podcast. But, um, we were sitting there talking and um, no, I've never been to Ikea. Um, yeah. So you're, you're what? 150 pounds? Yeah. I'm like one, I'm not, I'm not 150. I don't know why I agreed to that. Um, one like 165. Okay. I'm so sorry. you're still very fit, young, healthy man. Okay. Barely. I'm five nine ish or six one, depending on what convenience store I walk in and out of. And I weigh. My, I do mine at Steak and Shake. <laughs> Speedway here yeah. on uh, yeah 
The fabulous fan, the fabulous fan made of Speedway. <laughs> Our next sponsors. Yeah, next sponsors. <laughs> the uh, convenience no, um, stores of Speedway. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Like soy and spoon, they got so many snacks. <laughs> Bro. Rex and Rex and Rex. <laughs> so, um, no, man, that was a full random pop. So, um, the beer's kicking in. I, I weigh roughly about 290. You can sit on like IKEA furniture, it's you know, it's like, it's like wicker furniture. I sit on it, it can straw. <laughs> It doesn't build for my shape and size. Is that accurate? I believe so. Wicker furniture is even bad for fat people too. Really? Yeah. Like they, I think even when they sell, I don't it, consider you fat by any means. I've seen fat people. Right. I have too. I. Well, yeah. You want to? All my healthy patients I take care of every day working for Care Ambulance. I love you if you're listening. <laughs> the, the mic's right here. <laughs> We need some video to go with this. That'd be fun. <laughs> Why does that fat keep stepping his face full of Snyder of Hanover pretzels? Because they're delicious, folks. We eat them in the mic. We open up the mic, we climb inside of the mic, and we eat the fucking pretzels. That's why it's so loud. Mm. Get out of the fucking mic, Wooten. The people need to understand how delicious these are. <laughs> you got a piece of glitter on your chest. What's going on? Were you at a... Were you at work or you a, what's going on here? Call how you see it. <laughs> My lotion. A lot of one dollar bills just fell out of his pocket. No, that's entirely true. <laughs> you know that's the best thing about going to strip boards, <clears throat> strip joints when you're uh, young and dumb and full of cum. Is that you can take fifty dollars of the ones, fold that bitch in half, put a hundred dollar bill on the outside of it, rubber band it. Mm-hmm. Walk in there and you show this. Girls gonna be flocking at you. You know, I will say this though. Life hacks, people. Pay attention. Life hacks. He's yeah. helping you out right now. Don't ever walk into a strip joint with course. <laughs> with the intent of trying to get him to stick on a sweaty ass. It works. A lot of cleanup though. Oh my god. I'm no longer lined the pony in Evansville. Is this a true story? The Pony in Evansville, folks. Is this a gentlemen. true story? They are now welcoming the class of 2017 with free applications and Monday through Friday nightly dances. I would like to say this, Saturday and Sundays. Oh, the greatest part about the uh, Pony in Evansville, they give free tax advice with every 30-minute lap dance. Just saying. Quality service for a reasonable price. I don't even know if I can take you serious right now. <laughs> It's on their website. Oh my god, that's fucking incredible. The billboard, it goes, free tax advice with every uh, 30 minute lap dance. Oh my god, that's fucking incredible. Lap dance to start 25 bucks a piece, folks. The marketing is fucking genius going on. No, I'm honestly, you know, I consider starting a strip club. <laughs> I consider <laughs> getting into tax, uh, be, becoming an IRS, uh, a tax administrator. So I think if we go into business together, we're on to something. I don't think with both of our felonies, we can do that. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I love when people like go to like, the D.C. and stuff, and they stand in front of the IRS and flip them off. I mean, I do it, too. <laughs> they rob me every fucking month for my paycheck. Sure. I'm well aware. 40%. I have a union that does that, too. It's a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, but, oh, God, unions. <laughs> Gotta have their goddamn rides. 
I mean, hippies. There, <laughs> there are benefits that go with it, but the way they just shove shit down your throat, like you got to support the Democratic Party, and I'm not saying you need to support one or the other. You go with what you believe, but you you can't enforce people who work within your company that you have begged and pleaded and asked to become a part of your union to see your political hindsight that goes along with it as well. Because some of that's just complete bullshit. Uh, Trump, to my knowledge, has no issue with fucking unions. Well, I'm just curious because, you know, you view your your lawn all year from basically May till November 8th of this last year had a very large supportive sign sure. in your front yard. I did. So, with you stating that the union party had you basically saying you need to vote for Miss Clinton, mm-hmm. um, how did it make you feel being told you should probably do this if it'll save your job? I mean, fuck that, really. I mean, my, my address is on file at, at the place where I work and everything, and I don't really give a shit about it. Like, Bernie Sanders came out and talked to our union um, directly, gave a speech, and, you know, they had like a fucking hype, a hype party or whatever the fuck you want to call it you will get free meals yeah uh, i'm sorry that's schools. <laughs> everything's free with bernie though, right? <clears throat> everything was free where the fuck's this money coming from because everything costs money in life to my knowledge i haven't found anything that's free who's gonna wipe the slate clean and start over <laughs> we print it off every day we... <laughs> but yeah i mean i i voted for trump i have i have no qualms with admitting that i voted for trump and i think it's really i think that People who are liberal or the Democrats, I think that they have to scratch and claw when they're looking for things to bitch about uh, when it comes to Trump. Because I don't think Trump's had enough time to prove himself in office. And the time that he has been allotted in office, I don't think that he has done anything that has negatively affected uh, our country or the way his family or his presidency should be viewed. I think there's questionable... um, questionable doubts about the the russia conflict or the the fiasco involved with them but with no proof no justifiable proof to go along with it it, it's all hearsay it's all just a rumor mill and i think it's kind of shitty i mean i voted for gary johnson you know i didn't really for me, it's tough for me because I have very strong views on certain parts that I choose not to discuss because, you know, certain people are like, well, man, you probably shouldn't think that way. Well, that makes that gives me my right as an American citizen. I can think I want and I can say what I want. That's something that I choose not to. But I believe that I wasn't, you know, I didn't like the fact that when Barack Obama in 08 was officially announced as the president of the United States that every black person at my university I went to was like, get them uh, bibs on, sir. You're going to be in Cottonfield tomorrow. You know, imitating a white honky. Yeah. Saw a lot of reverse racism that Barack Obama. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I was like, hmm, this could be interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't feel like, you know, um, oh, what was his name? Um, Arizona Democrat that was running the, against Barack yeah. at the time, John McCain. Yeah, I didn't feel like his views Republican were great. He was a Republican. Oh yeah, sorry. yeah, it's fine. But I didn't feel like his views were there. Barack Obama, I didn't believe in some of the stuff he said, but you know, again, I had I was mixed between both of them because they all had every candidate has their strong points that you're like, you know, I kind of like that. 
there's other ones, you know, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I go with, you know, that type of right. I'm not way of life. So I agree with you. I'm not specific to a party because but I, gave I, him, I gave him a bit of that. I thought the first four years of Barack Obama were good. The last four, extremely confusing. You know, and I believe every president who has at least two terms. I thought George W. Bush coming in after Bill Clinton's uh, scandal with Monica Lewinsky. I thought he did a great first four years. I thought he had a the strong last showing. four years were a little confusing. Sure. Because, you know, they're trying to solidify their standpoints and leave their lasting mark on America to be remembered. Now, Brock did the same thing. The last four years very confusing. Now, you know, we're only, what, 130 days in for... Yeah, I mean, they're about... Yeah, so, I mean, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I want to see what he might have in store for us. You know, he could flip some stuff around. I mean, there's a bill right out right now. It's called, I think it's House Bill 2192, if I remember. Yeah, that's it. You know, it's where this, I think it's a Republican um, from Montana, if I remember right. She is trying to get it to where everybody has to deal with the new Trump care, including elected officials. So these congressmen, the House, the president, chief of staff, all that, cabinet leaders, everybody has to go buy this health care. The same health care they're trying to provide on us. Mm-hmm. So they can see, oh, it sucks. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, some, I mean, there's strong force. Now, I do believe a lot of these candidates that I've had 30 to 40 years in, serv- in um, their spot, let's get someone new in there. Yeah. There's a lot of new, fresh ideas out there. Sure. And, you know, I'd say it, sometimes this system's broke. It is. And we need to fix it. It is. You're absolutely right. And I think that's that's kind of what drew me towards Trump was because he spoke a lot of it. And it was the same thing <coughs> back in 08 with Obama. I voted for Obama the first term um, because he spoke change, 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 change. He shoved it down everybody's throat. And I said, okay, I can, I can deal with fucking change. I was a millennial. I am a millennial. Um, I'm the upper portion of a millennial, but a millennial nonetheless. And so I believed in everything he said, and I I believed in my heart that this was the right guy. And then the first four years, um, to me, were kind of mundane. They He didn't really get a lot done, but he didn't hurt anything either. But I just didn't see the point in going out and voting. The You know, when his first term was up for the second term, I didn't want to reelect him because I didn't feel like he followed through with what he said he was going to do. But I also didn't believe the next candidate that stepped up, which was, uh, I can't even remember the Republicans' uh, candidate. It was not Kerry. No, Kerry was against Bush, his second term. Um, fuck, Jason, Jason Sudeikis played him all the time on SNL, but I can't. Yeah, I, I, can, I can picture That's it. how little of an impact he fucking made on me. Um, so I just didn't believe, I, I wasn't buying into it. But earlier you stated about uh, the first four years of a president, how how they are good years versus the the last four if they get elected double term. And I agree with you. I think that the first four years is always about uh, captivating your audience and and making the people want to come back for more. I think a lot of presidents are really good about doing something that that strikes a nerve or that is an eye opener and that draws you into want to vote for them. Come out and vote the next time. I think Bush, um, I think you'll, you'll see it a lot throughout history, but most recently Bush capturing Saddam Hussein at the end of his first term got people, okay, well, we fucking captured Saddam. This is what we were doing. Even though we were after bin Laden most of the time, 
We captured Saddam. We killed. You gotta catch the small fish, then you can get to the bigger fish. Yeah, and then and then Obama's first term at the very end of the tail end of his first term, he, catch, he catches Bin Laden, and so people are they're fucking hyped. They're like, this dude fucking pulled it off. He did something while he was in he office. Took, he he finished the job that someone else started, and you know, even though you have different um, Democratic parties. You know, you have the Republicans, Democrats, Independents. Mm-hmm. Then you have your Green Party, Tea Party, and all the little side parties that no one really cares about. <laughs> I mean, they're just hippies. I, you know, one day we're <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah. I'm a flower. I want a Green Party. So, well, you vote, but you voted Gary Johnson. How did it feel to waste that vote? Well, okay. But <laughs> I'm just fucking with Think you. about this, though. What if you voted for Trump? You know, and... You look at it as, well, I voted for Gary Johnson just because he called Trump a pussy. <clears throat> and he would say it to his face. He goes, if you have a problem with me, I'll still call him a pussy. I'm like this. It's got my vote. Okay. Not gonna be, you know, when I look at, when I look at candidate, I, I go, I don't look at it as a vote, but I mean, this is why I think a lot of kids don't vote anymore. And then it's, it's a declining thing. But in the past, I would say 12 years, we've, we've seen an increase in it. But it's one of those, if you vote for Trump, I vote for Hillary. Hillary wins. Do you at all maybe possibly think that, wow, my vote doesn't, my voice doesn't matter because I voted. But, you know, some people, I know I know, there's quite a few people out there like, man, you know, you know how come I didn't vote for Hillary? You know, it's, it's all about being misinformed and or not. Being able to understand where you stand at, are you know, are you conservative, are you a liberal, and it takes a lot of um, research to be able to understand how you where you fit in this world in a political stance. Sure. And you know, I'm still in the middle between both. You know, because I believe it's a safe stuff. place to be. Yeah, it's, it's a, a safe place to be because there there are topics on from each party that you can support and ride that fine line, that middle fine line that no candidate really jumps onto and and you just kind of have to go with the lesser of two evils when it comes to voting is Uh, really what it boils down to yeah but then you also gonna kind of you know so what the the fact i love about trump a little bit was the fact that you know everybody that has done this has had some political background oh fuck yeah life fuck yeah we get a Bankrupt billionaire, and I call him that because he had a lot of bankrupt. Sure, that's fine. And um, you know, basic businessman. He is. He knows how to make money, but sometimes maybe his best ideas weren't the greatest ones. Mm-hmm. You know, Trump University. Trump stakes. Uh, I still owe money to that <laughs> university. I never attended it. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm just saying, though. I mean, we had a businessman, and you have to kind of think of America as a business. You have to think of. When we're losing money like we are, you have to think of America like a business. You know, how can we make it profitable? He's wanting to get rid of uh, NAFTA, the, mm-hmm. what Clinton started. You know, sure. where businesses going overseas, you get a tax tax break for doing that. You know, he's trying to bring the jobs back here. And trying to do a tax cut most recently on uh, Medicaid and food stamps to where it's going to save us $1.3 trillion or some astronomical number like over the next 10 years. That's incredible, and that's a lot of money. Well, yeah, but I also <laughs> agree there too that there's it needs to be part of the states, and what I mean by the states, 
you know, Missouri and a lot of other states are starting to do direct testing for. Oh, fucking A. But what kills me is that, like, in Missouri, in the last three years when they started doing this, I think it's three years they've been doing it. Only three people been busted. Oh, no kidding? Tennessee started it two years ago. One. Out of 35,000 people have been tested, only one really broke it. Maybe because they don't really use a lot of the, um, the, um, they don't sell the stuff, you know, sell food stamps for money to give the drugs or whatever, or whatever they use it for. How thorough is the testing? What kind of testing are they doing? Are, they, I think it's are, you, are you pissing in a cup? Because there are ways to beat that. There are ways to beat both. Right. And if you want free money handed to you by the government bad enough, you're going to, you would sacrifice 60. <laughs> oh, shit. That didn't last long. No, it doesn't. No. All right, so what's going on over here is that Wooten just threw in a Copenhagen mint pouch that, that, was offered that he kept in his mouth for all of. Like a minute. Like a minute. <laughs> and it's gone. It's at the bottom of a fucking bottle right now. It's got a real sweet. I mean, the mint's great, but it's sweeter. Yeah. And it throws me out. I'm like, ooh, I'm not numb. <laughs> and like, like when I when I do skull, um, mint pouches, by the way. In case you want to ship any to them. Yeah. His Amazon wish list is also available online. It is. <laughs> um, it's, it's a straight taste. And like, the Copenhagen here just automatically made the one side of my tongue numb. I'm like, <laughs> what? That doesn't happen for like the first 15 minutes with skull. I wasn't. I, I'm gonna pull Kevin right. I'm a Danny. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a real quick break, and we'll be right back. We're back here at the Circle of Jerks podcast. So while we were off the air, indulging in our Yingling Light 99 calorie beer and our Hanover, our Snyder of Hanover pretzels, we uh, we came up with this ingenious idea between the two of us. It was more my idea. I pitched it to him, but. Wooten. I'm drunk and I'll just go along. He's right. He's riding the coattails, so we're gonna do it. Uh, we're gonna discuss five of the most controversial political topics. I between... think that stand between our generation. They're extremely important to our generation. Well, especially some of these, the some of these have we... been, some have been along for sure. Ever. Sure. Yeah. But some of these are now more in the news, and i believe they're a have, lot more mainstream now i believe we've done some of the research are on ourselves with this last presidency on yeah. a lot of it so so let's just uh let's just go ahead and smack it off the fucking bat step up to the plate hit this one out of the park medical marijuana so it's gonna start so okay i work in the medical field obviously if you don't remember that go back to the very first couple minutes of the podcast he voted for gary johnson too i have a pretty good feeling of where this is going i'm for it sure Okay, so uh, there's an NFL coach. Uh, this had recently had back surgery. He was given medical marijuana. I think he's from California. And he said the whole time um, he smoked maybe once or twice a day. He literally had no pain. Recovered beautifully. The number one most addicting drug for anybody anymore besides, you know, your cocaine, heroin, uh, meth, mm-hmm. and now we have carfentanil, which is called gray death, which is extremely deadly. Yep. Or that flocka. No. Yeah. You I've know seen that shit. Um, is narcotics and it's pain medicine. 
It is the most number one abused drug in all ages, um, even from teenagers to grandma and grandpa. Absolutely. And it's it's because you get to a certain point of feeling it, and then once you get what they call acclimated or um, a tolerance buildup of this drug, you have to take more to take the edge off because you're, you're mentally thinking, I'm in pain, you take more. Marijuana just it sets you in that state. It helps with the healing process. Um, now, as far as I've never been on it for pain, so I really don't know for a fact. But a lot of studies are showing, um, even with liquid THC, that they're, they've come up with now. Um, it helps Parkinson's. There's videos out there of men who are shaking. They take one or two drops on their tongue. And within three or four minutes, you know, they talk, but it's kind of stuttery. Mm-hmm. They talk normal. The, the shaking has stopped. Sure. And it's like they're back to their old selves. Kids that have seizures, certain seizure drugs or certain seizure medications, THC prevents it or helps, you know, stop it. Yeah. If it happens. So I stand really strong behind medical marijuana because, you know, people, oh, it's, it's a drug. You get high and you. You hear a lot of people drinking and driving, and I don't ever hear anybody saying, "Guy was too high and killed ten people." You don't hear that very often. So, right. you know, I think at the time when they started throwing out medical marijuana, there wasn't enough literature on the subject. Now we got researchers testing all this stuff, and it's starting to come out kind of positive. I know it's smoking; smoking's not good for you, but if it can help you heal from injuries and save the taxpayers money on drugs and keeps them off the street, sure, I'm for it. Yeah, absolutely. I am completely behind medical marijuana. And it doesn't come from being the pothead that I used to be when I was younger. Um, I think... <laughs> Another I th- cold refreshing here. I think that um, pharmaceutical companies make far too much money off of the pills that they push down people's throats that kill and OD people probably more than heroin or meth. Uh, You have to do the research, the studies behind it, but I'm fairly certain that there are far more pill deaths than there are heroin deaths in today's generation. And to have access and claim these pills legal while they're killing off kids and parents and grandparents alike, the way that they are just making them uh, blah. I mean, if, if you see someone who's addicted to pills and they can't function without it and they quit cold turkey, it's it's sad. It's scary. I mean, that sometimes that even causes death. Yeah. They lose too much water weight and they're, because they're sweating out all the fucking... The withdrawals. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And which leads into other stuff, you know, you know, even though, I mean, I don't know how much narcotics go for on the street. You know, I, if you I'm buy not. them from someone who keeps getting refills to make money. But I know that, <clears throat> you know, I don't know how cheap marijuana is either, but you know, these are getting used and abused and just needs to stop. I agree with you completely. I, I stand behind medical marijuana. I, I can't emphasize that enough. I think that it's the safest, uh, quote-unquote, drug 
it's probably the least addictive drug. It's it, there's a psychological addiction behind it. I think that sometimes people feel you think you need it, feel like they need it, right? Um, but I don't think that it's to the point of like nicotine entering your blood, and I don't think that there's withdrawal symptoms when you quit pot. I feel like it just eases, like you said, eases the pain or kind of just makes you numb, but in a much better sense than what Xanax does for anxiety or Valium does for weed. Also, tints. Uh, that was a good point too. I completely forgot about that, but anxiety, depression, yeah, treats it. It, it mellows you out. Sure. So you are able to kind of, and, and even then, I mean, I, I do remember smoking with you back in the day, mm-hmm. and we're leaving that part in. Yeah, we're gonna leave that. Part <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm just shit either. Fuck the put. No, I'm just kidding. But I mean, like, I suffer from depression. It sucks, and like, it mellows you out. You can still think clearly. And even though you're in a slightly altered state, but you're able to at least, you know, I really just think that, like, it does put in perspective, you know, hey, what's going on? Sure, sure. You know, I I don't think that from a medical standpoint, I would say I suffer from depression, but I definitely battled it here and there because I've had instances in my life where um, I was more prone to being depressed or anxious in situations. Um, but back when I did, you know, when I did my drugging and shit, when I was smoking pot, it was just, I just did it to get high, but I can see the people who need it and, and the fact that it's a universal drug, that it can cure so many of these diseases or situations that we're talking about or help along with them. I, I think that it's a travesty that we don't have legal marijuana. A lot of states are doing it. Yeah. I think it's it needs to be on a federal spectrum. No, I mean, but look at Washington, Colorado. The first two years they put them in the, the business, um, they made over $77 million in profit because they can tax it. Crime rate went down. Crime rate went drastically down in Denver. You had communities coming together. Right. Like this. I mean, not like, you know, the 70s, you know. Let's no. Roll, let's roll blunt, man. Not, not coming together to be lazy, but. My name is Flower. Your actually. name is Daisy. <laughs> Your name is Daisy? My name is Tulip. <laughs> let's grow together. I'm just saying. Unless we're not like dandelion and wildflower. <laughs> That's true. I'd much rather be a pretty flower than a fucking weed. Unless yeah. that weed was marijuana. Amen. Mary Jane. All right. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Topic number two that we came up with, um, gun control. I am an avid gun holder. I have a legal license to concealed and carry in this state. You know, one of those pretty pink cards. Mm-hmm. Lifetime. Sure was. Best, Found it. Best 150 bucks I spent in my whole life. That's no shit. But I mean, uh, I will say now, if I'm home asleep in my bed and you try and break into my house, I will shoot to kill. I... You know, I've I got a lot of cop friends that um I work with when uh, I lived in Vincennes. And that say, if you have an intruder in your house, shoot till they don't move. That requires you to unload a whole clip in them. They're intruding into your personal space. In it, because mm-hmm. you you don't know what they have. Yeah. So if you shoot them in the knee, they can still get up and hobble towards you and try and shoot you, or they they might even have a gun. Yeah. So neutralize the situation. Or what my dad always told me: if you shoot them in the knee and they crawl off your property, then it becomes, it becomes a bigger case. It's no longer self-defense it's, because it's murder. If yeah. you shoot them again, well, and yeah. see, even then, like, 
Maybe you shoot them in the back as they're running away from you. It's considered murder. They have to be facing you. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. No longer self-defense. I had no idea. Because it's like if you have a gun in the front of your pants and you act like you're going to grab it and turn your back, as far as they know, they don't see a weapon. So it's not legal for them to shoot you. They can they can order you to get on the ground and that fire off a warning shot. But as long as nothing hits you, it's you know, it's legal for them to do that. But if they shoot you in the back, it's considered murder. No shit. Wow. Even in, even though it's in your own house. That's fucking Well like that kid in Oklahoma. His uh he was I think in the furthest part of his house and um I believe it was four people, three gentlemen and a lady, pulled up to this house. They were going to rob it. And I guess he grabbed his dad AR, his dad's AR and started clearing the house. And when he found them, he shot and killed three of them. The girl got away. Later that night, turned herself in. Well, they arrested the kid, pending an investigation, was later released because, it, come to find out, two of them were armed with guns and the other one had a baseball bat. And he was... You know, it was ruled self defense. Yeah. But still though, I mean, when you're outnumbered, he just leveled them. Yeah. I mean and it you know, this is where you get into some people, right, you don't wanna it's there for your protection. But, you know, you see a lot of these cases where you have people breaking into homes and getting injured and then you know, the families on the other end they're like, Well, you know, that person should go to jail for shooting my son and killing him. Well, what was your son doing in this person's house? You know, there's yeah. there's always that, what do you call it, the opposite side of, you know, a reaction is the opposite reaction. You know, mm-hmm. why, you know, if he wasn't in this house and in your home in bed ready for school like he's supposed to be instead of out running with these people that he calls friends, you know, you still have the son around. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think what bothers uh, the the libs hardcore about the gun control are the testing or the means uh, of what it takes to to obtain a concealed to carry license so what do you think about that what do you think should there be more thorough testing psychological analysis etc well like I said I suffer from depression so I got a phone call from the department of uh firearms and um they, they were more like you know you taking your medication well i don't take medications and um they're like why not and i it's funny you know it's been under control i have an outlet you know i'm not gonna get upset one day and turn my gun on myself you know i understand um safety rules so i'm a member of the nra and you know i've gone through safety courses you know and how to use the gun how to Coated around safely, properly, and securely. So, you know, nothing happens, or I hope it doesn't happen. But, you know, it's pretty bad <clears throat> if you have a felony or a misdemeanor and you go to a, a gun shop and purchase a handgun. They have what they call the seven-day rule. So instead of letting you walk out of the gun that day, they can hold that gun for seven days, even though there could be an error. With you holding this, uh, you know, with your background check or something. Because all businesses are required to do a background check on you. And after seven days, you can come in and burst that gun. 
So, I mean, you know, it's, it's, I believe they should be able to say, I can't sell yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, you, if you sell it after seven days to these people, then it makes us look like, you know, what's the point of trying to protect ourselves if you're just going to give it to some felon or a mass murderer? You know, there's nothing to stop them from selling these. And, it, and I hate to say it, ever since the war in Iraq started in 2001 when they bombed 9-11 and we started, you know, declaring, hey, we're going to go to war and defend our country. You know, gun sales have gone up. Mm-hmm. Ammunition sales have gone up. Um, it's becoming, I mean, it's always been a booming business, but it seems like any time around war, sure, it becomes an even bigger booming business. Sure. I think with... Um political campaigns being ran I think it also increases gun sales as well I think there's uh, substantial proof to prove that so how did the department of the gun control uh, come to find that you were diagnosed with depression well it's on the application oh okay so and you wrote yeah, that so it says you ever suffer from depression okay or any other type of mental illnesses I had to put yes okay because I was technically diagnosed when I was 13 but I was not ne- I was treated until I was 18. It was my choice to take myself off medications. So I just didn't, um, I didn't, you know, feel like the medication was going to do me right. Plus, you know, once you're 18, you lose your insurance. So it's kind of hard to afford medication. Yeah. But I mean, I, for the last 12 years, I've literally dealt with it just fine. You know, you have rough patches every now and then. Of course. But I mean, I have a great outlet to talk to with family and stuff and, you know, those thoughts are no longer there. Excellent. Okay, so um, we're going to go into a more controversial topic, and I don't know where you stand with this. I had a pretty good idea with the other two, but let's just move on to um, the abortion part of political debates. This is a touchy subject because a lot of it, I believe, and this is where I, I, you know, I was throwing out earlier with the conservative liberals. I stand in the middle. I believe there are certain, you know, um, aspects of this law that I, I don't disagree. I disagree with completely, you know. And this is where I get torn between and I get, you know, scrutinized for it. But I believe, you know, if a woman's raped gets pregnant. I do believe it is her choice. But I also believe that she should probably consider if she doesn't want it to um, give it away for her life. You know, there's families out there that choose, you know, or that have been trying for years and years and years and aren't able to conceive. So... And I mean, it's it's horrible to think that you know they're going to be raising a rapist. Yeah, I think that's part of it—a mm-hmm. rapist baby, or the woman has to deal with the change of her body well, during this nine-month period that she never asked for. That and you know, um, being a woman and pregnant is also a very difficult thing um, because you know, I hate to say it, and <clears throat> you don't hear about it a lot because it doesn't happen a lot, but. You know, you can die from giving birth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think 
that's the one thing that's on the back of everybody's mind when you're going into labor. You know, you're hoping for a quick delivery, healthy mom and baby. Sure. Everybody's doing great. Hugs and kisses. The the glorious moment of being able to bring a bundle of joy into this world. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, but these people that are, um, you know, trying to conceive and can't, you know, there's, I understand there's adoption and I know a lot of these people are doing it overseas, but there's so many kids here that were born into a system, you know, mom and dad were drug addicts, so mm-hmm. they, you know, they get a system number and yeah. then they're eventually, finally, hopefully adopted. Yeah. But... You know, when it comes back to that abortion part, you know, that's where I stand between. You know, I believe it's their right if they want to be able to keep or not. But I also believe, you know, they should probably consider the pro-life part. You know, I understand, you know, there's, it's that teeter-totter effect, you know. Yeah. Could I help a family out and keep it low-key on what happened? Because, I mean, what's the chances of this kid ever being told you know, who his or her mom is. Mm-hmm. You know. Where he came from, his dad was a why, rapist. Yeah. yeah. You know, this should be, there's so much involved with this topic that um, it it's one of the biggest controversial sure. topics. I think we're going to die and they're going to be extremely controversial. And you think Roe v. Wade will ever be revoked? No. I, I just think there's just too much in there, um, literature-wise, that is going to be extremely hard for any party to over to overturn it. I think it would be um, a shame if it was ever overturned because then you go back to the back alley abortions because it's the same concept as buying drugs or guns. If you take guns away from people, they're still going to find a means to buy them. Get them. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it's one of those... It's, it's a very touchy subject, and I know a lot of people are probably listening right now are probably like, man, you know, he's a fucking idiot. Can't believe these two motherfuckers are going there. They're probably thinking that. Yeah. I mean, they got some balls, but, you know, and probably scrutinized for it, but, you know, I like I said, this is our entitled right as an American to have yeah. an opinion. absolutely. And whether you like it or not, I don't care. It's my opinion. If you think completely against me, that's your right, and... You know, I'm not going to go back behind your back like you're probably doing right now to me and talk shit about me. So Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, when it comes to abortion, um, overall, if I had to label myself pro-life, pro-choice, uh, I'm more pro-choice. I'm a man. Um, I can't really make uh, a deciding uh, – I can't make a decision based on how a woman should bring a child or not bring a child into the world because I'm not a woman. I don't have the parts. I don't have – uh, nothing about my my upbringing screams woman. I don't relate gender-wise as a woman. But I would like to see every baby live that that is conceived. I mean, that's ideal. So I'm pro-life in that essence. But I know that it's every woman's choice. However, I think the first trimester, the first three months, that's the cutoff point. I think beyond that is insane. I think that when when Hillary was running and she wanted the thirty four weeks, she oh, yeah yeah supported up until the fucking birth, 
I mean, there are rare instances where a child maybe doesn't develop its entire skull and is not going to live very long to where it should be aborted at that point. And, you know, there's there's a there's a, a woman in Texas. I remember reading about this. And, and I'm one of those, you know, I, I'm always a soft guy for touchy stories. And this one kind of brought a few tears to my eyes. I do remember this one because it stuck out. And it kind of made you think about it. Her um, baby was at 24 weeks old. And doctors found a, a genital or genetic disease. Genital. Sorry, folks. He's getting drunk. My, my pants are off right now. It's, it's nice. Talking abortions. That's the sound of abortion. I'm just kidding. That's, <laughs> I think I just took it too far. Yeah, you took it too far. <laughs> I mean, I took it too far. But, like, going back to the story... Her baby was only going to be estimated to live up to four days because there was, I think it was a heart defect. Mm-hmm. The skull wasn't deforming right. She had a lot of issues with the baby that just were not developing where they should have been. Yeah. And she ended up having it aborted. At 24 weeks? Twenty, uh, I think 26. By the time she was able to figure it out, went in and had it done. But she had to go to Mississippi to have the abortion because in Texas it's illegal. Yeah. So, you know, it gets to the point where, yeah, I mean, because when you think of having a baby, you think of this bundle of joy coming in, you know, smiles when they're asleep, you get to feed them, the, the tickles, the love, and the hopes and dreams of watching them grow up and potentially making a difference in this world, not only in your eyes, but like the whole world itself. Yeah. And, um. For the for you to be told, you know, your baby's only gonna last five days. I it's it's difficult to say. I want to go through with that, but then it's also difficult for me to say. You know, why would I want them to suffer any more than what they already are? Because mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. Like if I was on my deathbed, or if I got into an accident and got seriously injured, and they said, you know, there's like a Zero point two percent chance he's gonna make it. I mean, I think this is the part where I'm gonna tell everybody, tell me goodbye, give your kisses, because you know if I do make it, what quality of life will I have? Sure. You know, you know me as the fun-loving, laughable guy who's always making Chris Farley fat jokes <laughs> with a fat guy in a little coat. Brought to you by your 1996 movie timeline. <laughs> but no, um, I just I want people remembering me for one thing, you know. It'd be great to say, bring the baby in, live five days with it, and, you know, give it the proper respect it deserves, but then that's where you get to pro-choice again, you know. It's so difficult, and even for men talking about this, you know, it's one of those, you know, how does the father feel? Is the father in the picture? Is the father not in the picture? Sure. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's just, uh, it's rough just even thinking about it, like, and then, I think for all time, we're all going to be sitting there going, well, you know, what if? Yeah, yeah. I think um, the genetic cases and instances where, where that happens and there's a defect and the mother is conflicted with um, the child living for the five days or aborting it, I think those are rare instances and they only happen maybe once to every mother who is going to give birth. So I say what we do is we, we give everybody an abortion card. When they come into fucking adulthood, you get one stamp and that's it. You have to utilize it correctly, though. But you got to think about this, though. 
You can't go out there using like birth control because some of these fucking women, they use it as a <coughs> fucking birth control, and it pisses me the fuck off. Sorry for that cough. Um, Sorry for drowning me out. <clears throat> yeah. No. Well, with abortion and stuff, when you have an abortion, you know the process itself. I've never seen one done, but I've been told it's extremely horrible, and it can actually cause problems for the female. Yeah. You know, conceiving and conceiving later in life, or even having a full term pregnancy. Yeah. And you know, it's it's the risk involved with it, and it's you're throwing in a lot of you know questions. You know, well if I if I bring this baby in, you know, <clears throat> can I give it away? Sure. Sometimes moms back out at the last minute because you know you get the baby moving, kicking, and you you're feeling this thing grow inside of you and then they and need that child and they fall in change, love yeah. yeah yeah I think adoption is obviously the better alternative between the two I believe there's a lot of parents out there or there's a lot of parents out there that should never ever be able to conceive they are the shittiest fucking parents I've ever met in my whole life you're absolutely right about that and I feel completely horrible for those kids yeah because they're going to be in jail or if they're girls potentially the same road their parents are and yeah no 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 kids should ever have to be labeled that and feel like they have to go down that road yeah to fit in this society so all in all this is this is bob barker saying get your deadbeats and whores spayed and neutered that's <laughs> damn right <laughs> Um, next up, this was picked by Wooten himself, the assisted suicide and euthanasia. This is probably a topic that you, you come into quite often. I mean, probably discussed and, and know more about than I do being a part of the medical field. I'm for it. And what I mean by I'm for it is a lot of people who deal with depression or schizophrenia, or bipolar, or multiple personalities, different types of psychological diseases that are very hard to contain with just medication. But, you know, struggling with depression and stuff, people have that feeling of unwanted, you know. And like, I just want to end it. I, I, I don't feel loved. My marriage fell through alcohol isn't doing it you know there's a lot of you know I lost my job it there's a lot of factors in there that cause depression and what's gonna stop them from killing themselves nothing except maybe you know the wrong dose of certain medication you know the gun jamming Mm -hmm. the rope breaking yeah you know I mean, the list goes on forever. Mm-hmm. You know, finally someone hearing, you know, you scream because you drink bleach calls 911. You know, there's a lot of factors that prevent it. But, I mean, what's going to stop them from doing it over and over again until they successfully succeed? And if you're if you're a lonely person, like you have no family at all, and you just don't fit in with this world, and you say, hey... I just, I just want to end it. 
and you know I'm for it I mean because if, if I say I'm against it they're still gonna do it yeah now I came back to the the car accident with me you know if if I for somehow I make it and I'm in this worst state ever and I have you know in a will saying you know if I become this vegetable and it's horrible for me to look this way I feel like you should be able to respect my wishes and you know in my life and leave my legacy where it is not he died a vegetable you know I want to be able to you know either either or it sounds horrible to say I'm for it but I mean there's a lot of strong points there you know suicide if you're going to do it you're going to keep doing it until you succeed mm-hmm. or you're going to be locked up in a straight jacket the rest of your life now, I guess the way you presented it um, was a far more intense battlefield than how I viewed it going into this topic because I didn't even think about uh, people who suffer from the, the schizophrenia or the different mental disorders who try to kill themselves and being assisted in that essence. Mine was more along the lines of what I know about it is um, the staying on a vent to stay alive. Can, can you pull the plug? Or if you are... A victim of cancer, stage four, and you don't want to deal with all the bullshit Being an organs shutting down. Yeah, if you don't want all that, can, can you be assisted uh, through people in the medical field to help you end your life early? And I think that that is a choice, and I think it's a choice that should be allowed to and be respected. made by the patients. Yeah, I think that it, it affects... It affects an entire family when you lose somebody. Right. But if this person's leaving this earth one way or another, let them have the final say-so yeah. regardless. I want my legacy to stand out as the smile, the laughter. Yeah, I and want... a good-hearted you're person. You're right. I wouldn't want them to be like, you know, for the last five years, he's been a vegetable. Right. I want my kids to remember me as, like, Daddy picked me up, raised me up over your head, or Daddy bought me a new car, not I just changed my dad's third shitty diaper of the day. Like, yeah. I don't want to, like, exactly what you said. I don't want to be a fucking vegetable and rely and make people to have to alter their lives to accommodate me. Like I just fucking take me out of here. I want them. I want my memories to last forever. And I mean, that's that's a big thing when it comes to like death and stuff. Is that people are always, you know, oh he's gone, right? He's gone, and you know, but it's it's the the memories we make with these people. That you're gonna remember. You're. Gonna, I mean, yeah, you're gonna remember. You know, I was in the room when he died. Yeah. Or I remember getting the phone call where you were at. It's, that's one of those huge impacts on your life that you're gonna always remember. Mm-hmm. But with you know, as soon as that moment is etched in your life forever, you're all of a sudden go, man. I remember the time when. You know, my grandmother did more push-ups than us boys. Yeah, yeah. And, or... If you know the grieving process, you're right. It does go back to the good memories. That's what you... Or you're like, man, you know what? Or, you know, and and I'm not saying death is easy, because, I mean, you know, um, I I remember um, drinking beer one night, and I go, man, I remember when she used to want to drink beer with us. Or she had a beer with us. Or a glass of wine. And I'm like, you know, it still hits, but you're like... You, you pay homage to them and you you know you raise your drink you toast toast it up to them yeah and you respect you know you live their 
name one sip at a time. Sure. Sure. I think that's um, I think uh, a topic for another day would be all these memories you make with these people, the positive memories. So what happens when all the people that you made these memories with they fizzle out, and your memories just no longer exist, and you were just a tiny dot, a tiny dot on the the entire spectrum of life. That's where. Okay. So. Well, I guess it's a topic for today. No, I said another but, day, but we're gonna but, we're gonna fucking dig. We'll, we'll touch on it and okay. get up. Okay, day. yeah, yeah. But hear about this though. Name a influential leader that you can remember of today. Well, leader. I mean, this is a little bit different, but okay. Um, good or bad? Mm-hmm. Adolf Hitler. Okay. What about Napoleon Dynamite? What about Abraham Lincoln? Ulysses Custer. You know? I'm guessing Napoleon Bonaparte's what you meant, not Napoleon Dynamite. If you meant Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> he changed Bonaparte. he changed some things, but yes, Sorry, his lips folks. hurt real bad. <laughs> Tina, come eat your hand. You know, if you think you're fat because you're drinking two percent milk, you can just drink whole milk because you look great. <laughs> okay, so there were these leaders, yeah, but I mean. These were like hundreds and hundreds and hundred years ago. They're still remembered for something. Those because, people are. But, I mean, I know stories of my great grandpa I've never met. Mm-hmm. He died way before I was even thought of. But, um, you know, and I can I can even name my my uh, uh, my aunt. Her, her mom, and then this would be in my adopted aunt, by the way, I should say. Her uh, mom held me when I was born, ish, around that time, and not much longer after she held me, like days later, she passed away. She was one of those funny, lovable people. I hear stories about them, and I sure. still, every now and then, when we when we're all together, I'm like, do you remember when you used to tell me a story of this? And I believe it's. <clears throat> It's on every generation. I believe your parents should bestow memories of your uh, late grandma and grandfather um, on you. You'd be like, I never thought that. You know, when your kids grow up and they do something and it, that memory clicks. Oh, my grandpa used to do that when he was younger. You know, you keep that memory going. You say, well, well <clears throat> you probably don't remember. Your grandpa used to do this. Yeah. And... You know, my mom and dad said it was the funniest thing he used to always do, and you're doing it now. So, yeah. hopefully, you can just hopefully that makes an impact on her life to where later down the road it's a continuous cycle. Yeah. I think it's a good way to keep a legacy alive, but I think people who are like the leaders that you mentioned and whatnot, I think it's easier to carry on their legacy because there are stories that are kept right. in their, I mean, their reign and whatnot. It's much easier to keep their legacy alive. But, than I mean, you know. My big-headed great-grandfather who I never met with large ears. Like, all I have now is the fact that Leo has both of those. And <laughs> like, up, oh, definitely got this from his side of the family. <laughs> okay. Moving forward, topic number five, our last topic on these five topics would be the drinking age. Lower it? <clears throat> Lower it, Raggy? <laughs> Wee. I hope that sounds epic. Like, I hope it's not terrible. 
Well, while we're sitting here in the basement drinking our famous Yangling Lagers, light, of course, because you know on the calories. I just want to say, in our altered mental state, no, I'm, I'm kind of for it. And the fact that. What age are we talking? 18. You're for it. How the fuck do we not disagree on one of these topics? I mean, not necessarily. Like, well, we this, had... is, this is this is why I say eighteen. Um, I got fraternity brothers that are in the army that you know enlisted out of high school on a military base. At eighteen, <laughs> right. you can drink. Yep. It's not watered down. It's it's a cold, frosty, yingling light lager <laughs> that is in a can or a bottle, of glass, whatever in your preference. You can drink, but once you step off base, you can't drink. Go to college. You're supposed to party. Not really experiment with drugs, but you know who doesn't party in college, mm-hmm. except for nerds. Double L seven weenies. Yeah. Yeah. Nerds. <laughs> That'd be a great Halloween costume right there. Fucking a. nerds. Fucking a. It was the Adams. Alpha betas. But yeah, I agree but, with you. I think. Yeah, I believe it's, it should be down to 18 because no matter whether... You can raise 25. Kids between 18 and 25 are still going to drink. Now, if you're able to lower it down and educate them... That's important. Then I think you can... They're still going to do it. And I, I believe... And you've probably done it too. I know I've done it hundreds of times. Made mistakes with consuming too much. Sure. And having the worst puking hangover experience in my whole life sure I want to regret life yeah but you know I now at this point in my age I, I now know my limits mm-hmm. I know how far I can take myself to um even though you know partially stands for prime minister <laughs> kind of pussy um I, I still believe that you know if we educate them and we allow them to make some mistakes, it will, you'll have a better control on alcoholism yeah. than you will, you know, keeping it at 21. Yeah, I agree with you um, entirely. And I think 18 is the perfect age. I think if you can rent porn and legally vote, vote, yeah, serve in the military, I think why the fuck shouldn't you be allowed to have a brewski? And I remember turning 21, and the, the night of turning 21 is epic. Like, you turn 21, you get shit-faced, and it's fucking atrocious it's but amazing. it's both it's a little bit amazing a little bit atrocious so after that night it becomes less of a big deal you've reached yeah. the you've reached the legal limit and it all kind of winds down because it's all building up to the climax at that point you get that fucking out of the way three years earlier now at 18 and it's not a huge ordeal and it's well then you got social fucking drinkers as they get older instead of you're always gonna have the alcoholic it's it's I think it's a disease. It's it was, it was us in our country. <laughs> they weren't keeping up, man. <laughs> Pussies. They do not know how to drink. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, vodka sprite, please. Three shots of Patron with limes, bitches. <laughs> you, you women, how you doing? Still sluttier than ever. <laughs> some of them, man. Some of them just got so fat. They did. <laughs> you thought I was going with sexy, didn't you? 
Very some, few of them kept that sex appeal, but some of them some just, look like a fucking train wreck. Like, they're just busted. I, I, I there's there's a few I can think of right now that I thought, what the fuck? Did you just jump in front of a train? I kept myself together so well and going to this reunion. We're not going to be invited to our 20th. <laughs> you already know. Because seen, of this podcast. You've seen the blacklist. Oh, <laughs> I hope you're right. Well, we would impartially just call a bunch of train wrecks. <laughs> he was talking about you. <laughs> yeah. If, listen, if you're class of 06, Shelbyville High School, and you happen to own a mirror, I want you to go into your bathroom and look into that mirror, see what you see. And if you see a fucking train wreck, then I'm probably talking about you. And if you shut the lights off and you look a whole lot prettier, we're talking about you. We're definitely talking about you. And if you're still as weird as you were in high school, we're definitely talking about you. <laughs> All right, so that's our five topics. Is there anything else you want to touch on with those? No, just like I said, um, you know... Well, since we're on the uh, military subject of Drinking 21, yeah. you know, big shout out to all of our men and women overseas and here at home, keeping our country defended and free. Um, the ones who yeah. have served and served, lost their yeah, lives. Yeah, the ones that have paid the ultimate sacrifice, yes. you know, you're not forgotten. Um, you never will be forgotten. That's what know? this holiday is all about. That's why we're drinking. Yeah, it's not a three-day weekend. It is, it is pay homage to everybody that has enlisted and more or less um, the people that paid the ultimate sacrifice. Absolutely. And um, much respect for you. Uh, anybody who um, joins the um, any armed force and defends this country, I have huge respect for you. And um, I assure you, if I see you in public, you will get a handshake and a thank you because um, it is truly appreciated with the uh, sincerest part of my heart. All right. Um we're going to take a real quick break. I'm going to take a piss. And uh, I got a few more things I want to discuss with you before we go our separate ways. So if you'll hang out here and just chill with me for a few more minutes. That's fine. All right. I'll um, be here. We'll be right back. And we're back here live on the podcast. Well, it's not live. We're being recorded. And I'll post it. Thank you, sponsors. <laughs> Speedway with the Kermit the Frog. Okay, so... Wooten's sitting down here. We went over all these deeper topics. We bullshitted back and forth. We've cut up. But the whole point of this podcast is to get to know the people that I bring on to the podcast just a little bit better, to know every true uh, side of them, whether that be a little bit of an asshole, because we all have a little bit of an asshole in us, or um, just in general, what makes these people tick, what these people live for, the in and outs of their lives, and maybe to get more of an insight on them. And I think that this show is aimed a lot at pop culture. I think we make a lot of pop culture references. And so I'm kind of wanting to know if you uh, will tell the people who decided to tune in today a little bit about the things that you enjoy revolved around pop culture. Maybe give these people um, top three favorite movies that you you could sit down and rewatch time and time again. <laughs> and keep it to three. Can you do that? Yeah, I can do that. Um... This doesn't make me gay for saying this in the first movie. Um, you know, I'm always that uh, big dreamer of romance. I'm going to have to say The Notebook. Be one I could watch on and over and over again. I thought it was a great movie. Um, the Green Mile was always one of my favorite ones growing up. And... Uh, Hmm. Big, big. Um, 
That third one's going to be a tough one. I would probably have to say I'm going to go my boy Morgan Freeman. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Stellar choices. Stellar, stellar fucking choices. Are you a big Stephen King fan? Yeah, until my brother scared me to death. That's deserving for another podcast. Cause That's for another podcast? I have a fear of clowns. I know the story, but I don't know if these people know the story. And All right, I so think they probably want another story. Let's just go ahead and get this out. So I watched the original Stephen King's It when I was like seven or eight. At this point, I had watched the original Carrie uh, with Sissy Spacey. Mm-hmm. And I had watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, the black and white film that was gorgeous. Um, Child's Play, um, Halloween's, Halloween's, Mm -hmm. Animal Lecter, you know, a lot of those scary movies Mm -hmm. didn't affect me. Brother goes, got a clown one. Watched it. That was creepy. Kind of disturbing. Wasn't too sure about it. No nightmares. So at this point, my brother, who lived with us temporarily, um, He's 11 years older than me. So he thought it'd be funny to grab his best friend that worked at the military base with us. And uh, decided to grab this shredded beef and Italian sausage. And then fake blood and basically drew Pennywise on my mom's mirror. Well, I come home and his buddy was dressed up as Pennywise. Makeup and all. I mean, it looked fucking real as shit. <laughs> Had the red balloon and everything. Yeah. That's what made it... I mean, he had that... Georgie. Yeah. I mean, it was legit. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting there, and I hear this noise, like, in the background. Because I'm sitting at the kitchen table when you first walk in my house. It's the first thing you came up to. So I start walking to the back bedroom, and I hear someone talking. All of a sudden, this clown erupts out of a bathroom, and my brother's screaming. I go in there. He's got this fake blood all over his stomach. He wrote, it was here, and had Pennywise painted on the mirror, and I think it was written on the wall, he had the face painted on the mirror, and my brother's sitting there with his hands in this raw meat and sausage going, help me. Ever since then, I've had a huge fear of clowns. So, uh... I've seen it. I've seen it, people. This is a legit fucking fear. This is a go-into-a-haunted-house attraction... Pay your full money's worth. Make it to the clown portion of the haunted house, the clown room, where there's nothing but mirrors and stuffed and live clowns. Okay. And watch Wooten. There was a lot of dummy clowns, and there were live clowns posing with them, so you didn't know what was real until they moved, and then I was was cornered. It was worse, because I went another time with Tasha and her sister, and... I cried. You went after the time that we went? Yeah, I cried. And you almost cried that before, night, in be- all fairness. Because if you remember the room, they had a, it was a real big wide room with a bunch of like tarps hanging down. Yeah. Well, I seen them as we were walking into the room before the clown room. They saw me hit the wall again and started getting to me. And I think my sister, Tasha, grabbed me and pulled me back through. And someone yelled, this kid's scared of clowns. And everybody like came alive and attacked me 
and I balled up and cried. And eventually they all backed up and I left. I was so embarrassed. Tasha and them thought it was fucking funny. Because I let out this blood curling scream the first time we went through it and bolted out of it. The second time is when I cried. Because yeah. I, I was being cornered by them and I, could, I couldn't stand them. And they were like right up in my face. And I had this nervousness walking through this haunted house the whole time. And then we get to the clown room. And I still have the nervousness because I, I, like, I like the feeling of being scared. I love suspenseful stuff. That, sure. The heart rate. Going up, the but the it hairs. changed from zero to sixty. Whenever I watched you get scared of those clowns and the way you took off, it was it was like a fucking comedy show to the point where I was laughing. And one of those clowns could have grabbed me and taken me into a cellar, a deep dark cellar underground, and I still would have been laughing because the you image been of you by a clown and you still were like, <laughs> this is this is not even bad. <laughs> the image of you running away will forever live with me. I mean, it was you know that was, cop like uh, Anderson cop still laughs at me. Oh, really? Yeah. He works at the state fairgrounds. <laughs> he goes, I know you. You're that kid who's scared of clowns. How the fuck do you know that? I was working that night. You come running out with uh, like six other people. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Oh, that's wonderful. I have a lasting legacy at this place as a scared of fucking clowns. <laughs> All right. So, what about music? What kind of music are you into? You know, growing up. Um, it was really whatever my parents decided to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I could say I was a lot of country, some eighties. I mean, it's it's more now like, oh man, I remember this song growing up. I used to know the words, and I starting to get the artist names now. Um, I would still say I'm still strong with all my country. Um, I've kind of fallen off of it here lately. Um, so I don't know a lot of the up and coming artists like I should. Um, but I do know a lot of. I still. A lot of the uh, headliners that we see all summer, I still know a vast majority of their songs, and I try and keep up to date with them because you know those are the ones that you know you're usually pretty still drunk at singing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I do like um, when I work out. I do like to listen to a little metal. Um, after some long stressful days, nothing feels better than putting a little classical music in the shower and just clearing your head. From, it's like, like some American Psycho shit, but I love it. I mean, it's it is, it's good. It is good for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not gay. I don't do the whole let's get a bath bomb and candles and. Oh, that's gay. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I don't do that either. Then me, me neither. Yeah, totally. I don't bath bombs. What the fuck is that? Cherry blossom. Hiroshima. <laughs> um, some bomb I know. Okay, so covered more of the lighter topics. I think that music and. Uh, media or film, television. I think they're both essential to our generation. I think that we've really changed the game in those two instances. I think those are two mainstream hobbies of people that are our ages. Do you have any other hobbies that that you enjoy doing? You know, I used to love going outdoors. There for a long time. Um, I used to love going outside and playing, you know, sunrise to streetlights. Cause you know, mm-hmm. streetlights came on, your ass was inside. Mm-hmm. Don't care. Was this was at. this the days before there was such thing as central air? <laughs> I've always been a homebody. I've always I've always liked to be inside. I've always liked to be on technology, computers. That's well, just where I. You got to remember, back when we had technology, we had the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the fuck out of that Oregon Trail still I did to too. this day. You no, know, it's horrible. Still spent all my money on stuff that I didn't need. I think there's an Oregon Trail app, isn't there? There is, yeah. Oh, God. 
Yeah, download it like right now. Memories. <laughs> no, um, I mean, you know, I come from military. I mean, I hate to say it, we we had probably a twenty square mile playground. I mean, there wasn't much of that base I haven't touched foot on. If you went, if you came up to uh, the tank tracks, that was your boundaries, and the tank tracks surrounded where we lived at. I mean, it's one giant circle. So. I mean, I remember getting up Saturday morning, like 7 o'clock, eating a bowl or two of cereal. Mom and Dad wake up around 8 or 9. About the same time, my friends' parents would wake up, and we'd be outside, come in for lunch. Depending on the time of year, you know, my mom always made us lay down for an hour during the hot peak. Um, and then after that, we stayed out till dinner, and if depending on what dinner was and how long it was, you potentially got to go outside and play. Because military rules were very strict. If you were under the age of 14, if you were caught in the streets, if you were in your yard, you were fine. But if you were caught on the sidewalk or streets, military police picked you up and took you home. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't look good. Yeah. Because you got, you know, sergeants, COs that live in your neighborhood. And especially you don't want your dad's CO seeing the cops at your house dropping your kids off. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, and I remember weekends my parents would always drink with the neighbors and play cards and we'd all hang out and go swimming at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's awesome. It was great. That's fucking amazing. Okay, so. You were an in-body? I mean, I remember, well, I mean, I I guess guess when we got older. You were outside more. Yeah, I mean, we played the football and shit outdoors, and we and I did like backyard wrestling and stuff, and yeah. I just uh, I didn't do a lot of stuff outdoors that that normal kids do. I mean, I enjoyed fishing and stuff, but that was like whenever I went camping, and they kind of just went hand in hand for me. Now, as I get older, I do like going out to the parks and taking the kids there, and I appreciate the outdoors more as an adult. Whereas a kid, I just kind of kept to myself. I was always kind of an outcast and never really fit in with that aspect of kids our age at the time but as I get older I've, I've changed my ways and I think for the better I think let my kids have that experience Sienna hates the fucking outdoors for the most part she's on a playground she's fine she gets a little dirty or a little cut up and it's fucking let's go back home it's, I'm over it I'm too pretty it's, for this yeah <laughs> why she's, not, and she's like she's a tomboy so I don't even get it like it's it's, it's just mind boggling I will say this though your daughter will make a great villain one day <laughs> if she's listening and at some point she will be because she likes to tune into these podcasts for whatever reason she likes to hear my voice go on and on um, she's going to love the little shout out you just gave her that she's going to become a villain an incredible villain someday she's, uh, she's not going to quite be a Harley Quinn but she's going to be the one you'd be like at the end of the movie like no I would have never thought it was her so that takes me to this topic I texted you about it earlier today I want to go ahead and touch on it and give someone a chance who listens to the podcast and has access to Twitter to um, make a few dollars. So for $5 right now, and I'll directly Venmo it to your account if you send me the account information and you're chosen as the winner, as the first person to tweet at me on Twitter, the, the question or the trivial question that we're geared towards here is... Back in 1996, there was a horror movie released called Scream. Oh. 
in, nice. in the movie Scream, there were two killers. There was Stu, who was played by Matthew Lillard. The other killer, I'm not going to say his name because I want you to tweet at me his name and where his name was derived from. So if you can tell me the second killer's name and where his name was derived from, who they took that name from, and you tweet at me before anybody else, and you've made it this far in the podcast, I'm going to pay you $5. No questions asked. No taxes. How long are you giving them to them? 24 hours? Whoever listens to the fucking podcast first and makes it this far. If someone's willing to go this far and they listen to it and they hop on Google or they have it off the top of their head. I think the political part is going to kill them. They, <laughs> it might. It might. But if, we're, if you're hanging on strong, more power to you, here's $5. And it's... A measly five dollars you think but that's a pack of cigarettes that's two gallons of gas that's however you want to look at it. that's a free fucking five dollars if you tweet at me before anybody else okay so we've went over a lot of life's topics and a lot of our personal beliefs and opinions and our upbringings kind of related in a lot of different ways and it's it's been nice to talk to you on that level but i want to dig a little bit deeper and earlier on the podcast twice now you mentioned that you have a felony right no you did can't have, no can't have felonies i'm working in ems can't have any felonies you've said you had a felony no i'm saying people who have felonies oh okay well i could have swore that you told me you had a felony no okay i've never been legally tried in court but let's talk about legal situations because that's where this was going. And I thought I knew, and I thought maybe it was going to be a felony or whatever. But I didn't know you'd have an actual felony. I thought the way you talked, you'd mentioned felony twice. Okay. So, you had some legal troubles. Yeah? Yeah. Back in high school? Yep. Well, I think that the other side of the story kind of lingers, and people hear about it, and it's talked Still about. Brought up. Still brought up. I'm down that same road with you. I've I've lived it. You're the Chevyville bomber, and I'm the Chevyville rapist. The Chevyville rapist. Okay, so tell us your side of the story. Tell us a little bit about that. Let these viewers, these listeners, know what's going on. Okay, so it was uh, the winter of 2006. It was uh, the year I cheer I cheerlead my senior year. And um, there's a female that I will just give initials. You don't have to give initials. We can just say female. Um, we'll say female then. And um, uh, I was the friend zone. I was the one that was around her when she went through multiple boyfriends. And um, she basically... Wanted me to skip the uh, the basketball game we had at New Pal that night, and stay with her. She had just recently had an argument or broke up with her boyfriend. I can't remember. And I said no, I can't miss a game. You know, I'm, I'm I'm expected to be there. Plus, it's you know, at this point, if you guys remember back in '06, the varsity basketball team went undefeated all season. So who's going to miss a sellout crowd and, you know, enjoy the excitement. I was trying to, you know, go 21 games undefeated. And, you know, so we were sitting there and I'm like, no, I got to go. 
and where I'm sitting at in her room was on a vanity chair and I left now before I got to her house um, I had pulled up there was a neighbor across the street he was cutting firewood because he camped a lot and he was getting prepped up for the spring and summer for when him and his wife take their vacations so I walked up to the front door she met me there and you know I've been with friends with this girl for probably over a year year and a half and you know so I've I've sat in her bedroom we made mixtapes we used to be really good friends and it was after halftime um, at the New Pal game I was asked to step outside and so I step outside and there's three Shepherdville cops and basically and quietly I was asked to step outside where they placed me in cuffs and took me to the station where I was questioned for at least 12 hours over my recollection of everything that went on and I said you know this is what happened blah 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 this and that and her story was that she was in my car and I made a move on her and she hopped out of the car I hopped out of the car and as she ran up her porch I jumped the rail in her uh, on her porch and then forced my way into her house and I sexually assaulted her well it came out I said you know it's bogus they said they had her clothing they had my fingerprints I got fingerprinted um, you know I took a lot of detective tests that night um, and I said why don't you ask the neighbor across the street who was cutting wood and they go what and I go I pulled up to the house he was outside cutting wood I said hi to him and he goes yeah I'm just cutting that's how I knew he was cutting wood for his camping trip well sure enough detective Dwanger went to this gentleman's address and talked to him and he said no she was never in the car he walked up she let him in he was there maybe 10 minutes and left they never found any of my fingerprints on any of her clothing I passed a lie detector test now this game happened on a Saturday night I come back to school on Monday and rapist was spray painted on my locker uh, for the rest of the basketball season I got suspended two weeks because of it I was also um, basically talked to and or talked about behind my back I had to change classes because we had two classes together um, you know what I thought was supposed to be the last four months of my high school career we're supposed to be fun and dandy enjoying it and stuff you know I heard the voices and echoes of everybody basically saying I was a rapist um, I was able to finish the season cheering and um, I wasn't allowed to stunt because none of the girls felt comfortable with me except for one but that's just because we've been partners for the longest time and she I think she was probably the only one that had my back um, but it was it was really weird um, this person will remain nameless but 10 years later we go to our class reunion and 
someone had brought it up and asked me if I really raped her or not. And I said I was never, you know, I was accused, never convicted. I never went to jail, never went to court. It was all dropped because she lied. And I still think the guy across the street who backed my story up. And, you know, it's it's something I still kind of keep behind. But it's still, you know, nothing happened to her. She didn't get false, you know, she didn't even apologize for what she did. You know, I could have got sent to jail for 10 years. Had to register as a sex offender my whole life. She would have ruined my life. But, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that, you know, my side of the story came out true. I still have to live with it because, you know, no one in this godforsaken fucking town is going to forget it. So, yeah, that was, that's what happened. Well, thanks for sharing that on a public forum with myself and anyone who was willing to listen. And uh, I think it really makes this podcast worth a listen whenever we dig a little bit deeper like that. I think with Chris Jones, he had some legal troubles as well. And I've touched base on mine in the second podcast where I kind of did it solo. And and maybe I just know too many convicts or some shit. But uh, I appreciate you opening up and, and sharing that part. So we're going to do some shameless plugging real quick. If you want to uh, find Josh Wooten on Facebook, is it okay to give your Facebook? Is that We're good. You're going to go to facebook.com backslash Joshua period Wooten period nine. So that's J-O-S-H-U-A dot W-O-O-T-E-N dot the number nine. You can also find Josh on Twitter. He's at Wooten 8706. You can uh, give him a follow. Ask for a follow back. He'll adhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm always um, up to having a great conversation with somebody. I think I think since we talked about Kindles earlier, um, we'll just let Josh read his most recent tweet. He hasn't been on Twitter, at least actively, since March 17th of 2017. So, Josh, we just read that uh, tweet right there into the microphone for, for the people. <laughs> a lot of gays at Kindles tonight. Men dancing with men, girls making out with girls. Gotta love small towns. Oh. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Was that a hashtag? Hashtag small town love. So we can get that trending. Everyone small town love. <laughs> Everyone hashtag would. small town love. We uh, gave you a Snapchat earlier. If you want to give your Snapchat one more time. It'll be uh, Wooten8706. That's W-O-O-O-T-E-N-8706. Check out pictures of his beautiful family he's got, his gorgeous daughter, pictures of his life as an EMS. Yeah. And um, I guess that basically wraps up the podcast. I want to thank you for sitting down here and talking things through with me and kind of going over some deep, dark shit and keeping it light whenever we could and bringing your Chris Farley impression to radio airwaves. Well, you know there, Bob, I like to you know, always bring him along. You never know. When you're gonna have an opportunity to uh, be able to uh, throw out, you know, um, another here fan. I actually I got another question for you. 
before uh, we hop off the air here. Who do you think will win in a fight? Mike Ditka or a hurricane? Well, Ditka. Hold on. What if the hurricane is named Ditka? Oh. Yeah. So for the Circle of Jerks podcast, this is Kermit the Frog. And uh, this is uh, uh, Bob from Cooper Fans. Signing off. Happy Memorial Day. Bigger dick, who's got the biggest dick? Circle after jerks in a circle. 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 Circle